Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates Interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Joy Cardine, and I would like to introduce Nikki Vandermeulen, who is running for the Madison Metropolitan School Board, Seat 7. As we begin, I'd like to give you an opening statement first, outlining the educational, vocational, and civic experience that qualifies you for this office, and also tell us why you are running for Madison Metropolitan School Board. My name is Nikki Van Reelen. I am running for MMSD Seat 7. I'm an attorney by trade. I got my JD at UW at the University of Wisconsin Law School. Excuse me for once. Um, what makes me the most qualified is that I've been to all 50 of our schools while I've served on our school board. I've additionally met with teachers, staff, students, and parents. And I've also had my own personal experience as the first autistic in the country on a school board. It's a different view of how special ed works in practice versus how special ed works when you actually have certain conditions. Therefore, it adds quite a bit to my repertoire on that because I could actually say I know what that's like. I know what it's like when you're cutting a special ed aid and how difficult that can be because when you've actually lived it, it makes it that much more real. What are the first two issues you will encourage the new superintendent to tackle and why? And at the same time, what skills will you bring to the table to assist him? Number one is the achievement gap. Right now, we have the largest achievement gap in the nation. That's not acceptable. Also, although we discuss the achievement gap just solely in race, it needs to be both race and disability, our lowest our lowest rate students are black and brown with disabilities because they get the least support from MMSD. That needs to change, and that's one thing I'd work with. The second thing we need to work on is transparency. We're asking our community to pay for a very large referendum coming up. Yet we don't always, we're not always transparent on what meetings are, what we need from the public, or even where the meeting might be located. We need to be open and transparent if we're going to get the trust of the community. Despite a small amount of improvement, black students and students with disabilities remained overrepresented among those suspended during the first semester of the 2019-20 school year. Why do you think improvement in this area is so slow, and what would you advocate as a board member when it comes to suspending students? Why it's so slow is very simple. You are dealing with complex behaviors on individuals with disabilities while cutting special education aids. Oftentimes what we see is behavior isn't behavior. It's a manifestation of the actual physical or emotional condition that is causing an individual to act out. As for individuals of color that are overrepresented, we have to realize that our school system, even with our best attempts, still has a racial undertone that is unfortunately detrimental to black and brown students, and that needs to be addressed. As a board member, what I need to do is to say, before we suspend people, why are we doing it? What behavior are they trying to tell? Are we suspending someone for not following a rule such as sitting in a seat? 
that might not be the best use of our time? Or are we doing it because it's a safety risk? Those are different questions that need to be asked. Also, we need to um, explain that you can opt out of the behavior education plan if you have a severe enough disability. And that's an IEP team decision, but the majority of parents don't even know it exists. And we don't publicize it. I'm sorry, but if you're an autistic individual, severely autistic, who hit an aid, and I've had one that has been charged with a felony for doing so many years ago, you have to look. Is this behavior that is criminal in nature or behavior that they're trying to communicate? And if that's the case, then I don't believe the behavior education plan is what we need to work on. What we need to work on is speech therapy and communication devices so the child can be understood. Wisconsin has the widest achievement gap between black and white students of any state in the United States, according to the assessment known as the nation's report card. The state superintendent has said the achievement gap in Wisconsin is a crisis, and closing it is imperative for our state. What could Madison schools be doing better when it comes to closing racial achievement gaps, and what, if anything, are they doing wrong? What we're doing wrong is the truancy laws. Right now, the number one and two reasons kids are put in the criminal justice system and also have problems academically are truancy and disorderly conduct. I want to know why a student is truant, not just punish them and fine them. I think that's part of it. But the other part of the situation we have to go with is how do we reach students in a culturally responsive area? This can be done. We're not doing it right. We need teachers of color who can help our students reflect and who they see. For example, with me with disabilities, I didn't see anyone like me until I was in high school in the materials other than Helen Keller. That was the first person I'd ever heard of that had disabilities. For a student of color, it must be that much harder to realize we're not seeing people like us well, does this not apply to us? How can the district do a better job of recruiting and retaining teachers of color? The best way to do that is, one, you'll recruit from historically black colleges. We need to expand our recruitment efforts. And two, we need to do it earlier, not later. Right now, the way our hiring system is set up, we hire extremely late, up till August. Most people are hired in May and June in other districts, so the teachers that are there who are of color are often taken by other districts, Sun Prairie, Verona, Wanakee. And the problem being is that we're not getting the kids, we are getting the teachers that we could get because we have slowed down the hiring process. We also have to realize that we need to not just strike the Grow Your Own program, but also state that if you put in a certain number of years to grow your own, that a job is waiting for you at MMSD. Right now we have no guarantee. Given the timing of the referenda, you will have to start the school year with an uncertain budget. In constructing that budget, which may require 5 to $8 million in cuts, what would you cut? What would you protect? I protect the teachers, our staff, and our students. Um, by that I mean cost of living increase is to me is not uh, is not a 
if we could do it goal, it's a we must do it on that needs to be protected no matter what. Small class sizes need to be protected no matter what because it's shown that kids learn better in small class sizes. And it's illegal under federal law to cut special education. But I also want to get rid of de facto cuts such as removing sections or reassigning special ed aides which create a de facto cut. What I would cut, one, we're too reliant on consultants in this uh, district. We spend thousands upon thousands when we have the best education school in the nation sitting in our backyard, yet we're going to hire someone from out of state. Why are we doing that? Two, our technology budget. Do we really need kindergartners having one-to-one devices or second graders having one-to-one devices, especially when the American Association of Pediatrics says limiting screen time is the most important? I think that we need to look at that. We also have to look at our administrative costs. Do we need four assistant principals at a school, or would two suffice? Would it be better, instead of having the majority of staff at Doyle uh, of administrators, that they be in the actual classroom or in the actual school building so they can be there during crisis? That way they can be of help instead of just sitting there waiting for the crisis to come to them. If you're elected, what will you do to engage and connect with the variety of community members that you represent? The last time I was elected, I stated I was going to go to all the schools in our district. It took me nine months, and I went to every single one of them. This time, I want to, I want to increase that. I want to go to the PTA meetings. I want to go meet with our black student unions, our Latino student groups, our gender equity clubs. I want to actually feel and see what our students are feeling and seeing. Otherwise, I can't represent them the best. And I would go, my job is, everyone assumes a board member, they come to the board. No, the board needs to come to them. We're the public servant. It is our duty to listen, respond, and to fix issues, not to have people come to us. What would you like to say to the viewing audience as we complete the interview? I appreciate your, I appreciate the time, and I thank you for this interview. And I would ask people for their, to vote Vandermulen on April 7th. I want to thank Nikki Vandermulen for speaking with us and to you, the viewing audience, for taking the time to know your candidates. Please vote in the April 7th election and in every election. On behalf of the Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us. Yeah.